Kia ora. Where do you store random objects of potential practicality? The batteries, plasters and paper clips you accumulate in life. This podcast is pretty much that place. You have opened the audio drawer. Here we're hoarding recordings for New Zealand Baptists. Because one day... This episode could be just the thing. Lisa Willey from Glen Eden Baptist and CEO of Vision West Community Trust demonstrates the impact of the church when it becomes a central place in the community. This is Big Change from Small Change, a recording of Lisa's keynote at our Baptist National Hui 2017. Katu Karonga Kite Fakapono, stand and listen with conviction. Kia ora koutou, everyone. It is wonderful to be here celebrating who we are as Baptists together, and it's been a wonderful day. Are you all feeling okay? Good. (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to start by just um, acknowledging the amazing work that happens around Aotearoa um, through our Baptist churches. And, you know, I'm sure as you're having conversations with each other, we have got phenomenal work happening. And I hope today, hearing a little bit about the story of Glen Eden Baptist and Vision West, that our story will weave together with your story and will be stronger for that. So I thank you for the opportunity to be here and share with you all. I'm really excited about that. And, you know, been part of, as, as I said, 37 years at Glen Eden Baptist and, you know, We've got here big change from small change. Our small change was a $1 investment into starting community ministries from Glen Eden Baptist. And the big change is societal transformation. And um, we're just so excited to share the story with you about the small, humble beginnings and where God has taken us. So could you change the world for a dollar? Who would have thought that 37 years ago, a group of passionate people making the ground-breaking investment of $1 would start a movement of transformation and change that would both impact local community, but would also have an influence on our nation, on policy setting? God surely did. I certainly didn't. And I'd like to start by sharing a little of my whakapapa with you. So I've called this our story because it's my family's story. So um, I'm a born and bred Westie, and in fact my whakapapa is a Westie. My parents came out from the West Midlands in England and settled in West Auckland. So the lineage is West all the way, and I'm a proud Westie. Have I got anybody else here that is a proud... (laughs) At the tender age of 18, I met the absolute love of my life, Mr. Mark Woolley, who is an absolute wonderful gem of a husband, father, and co-worker together in building the kingdom. Um, And we love being a part of this work together. Uh, When I met Mark, he was what, in the 80s, we commonly termed a backslidden Christian. I don't think we use that term anymore now, do we? It's quite good that we don't. And um, I became a Christian. I'm sure that through Mark's relationship, but I'm sure through the prayers of uh, his best friend, John Alp, who was a bit worried that Mark was going out with this heathen girlfriend and <laughs> spent time praying. So thanks for that, John. Uh, that, that worked out quite good. 
Um, we looked for a local church to attend, and uh, we, we went to Glen Eden Baptist, and we were absolutely swamped with love from people like Jocelyn Hubrick, who is now Jocelyn Foster-Peter's wife, and, and wonderful people in the youth group like that, and we stayed. goes to show the power of a bit of love and hospitality, doesn't it? And, um, and so there we've been there for 37 years, part of our church family. Um, we were passionate about seeing this Jesus who we had come in contact with, because I wasn't brought up in a church, how to take this Jesus out into the community and, and share that love and transformational change with other people. So a group of us, a group of passionate people got together and said, how could we, how could we be in the community? And we approached our local, um, our, it was the Minister of Transport, uh, and we asked if we could use the Glen Eden Railway Station, which is a picture up there, uh, for a bit of a community hub drop-in centre, and we were allowed to do that for a dollar a year, peppercorn rent. So that was the start of our ministry, uh, one dollar a year, and who would have known what God was about to do? Um, Mark and I married and went to a Rama Christian Fellowship and uh, just a wonderful place to start our marriage actually and get grounded in God's word and his call on our lives. And then we went from there to YWAM, did a DTS first at a Rama and then went to Hollywood and we were working with the drug addicts and prostitutes, homeless, getting them off the streets and into, um, into well, some stability and, and seeing a bit of hope in their lives. Um, after that, we came back to New Zealand and we started our family and we have had four lovely children. Uh, our youngest, Sarah, got married to the lovely Tyler Bickens, so we now have a son-in-law. So that's a little bit about me and our journey. Um, while Mark and I were away, uh, this is what he planted in our lives and it has never, ever gone away. Um, the Luke 4.18 scripture and we, on returning back to New Zealand, we just continually felt called to the downtrodden, the brokenhearted. Um, and so Mark, he went off and went to Kerry College, and, uh, and after that went to work for Baptist Mental Health for a while. Um, and after our youngest started school, I felt the call to start working for the Friendship Centre Trust and was interviewed by Simon Radford, who <laughs> gave me the opportunity. And, it was a real, I think it was a risk actually, Simon, so well done. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I, I hadn't had this experience of running uh, a, a not-for-profit. I'd had volunteer experience and I'd, I'd run my own small business, but they took the risk on me and, you know, it's built something in my life about giving others opportunities when you see God's hand on their lives. Um, so thank you for that, Simon. Um, that was 19 years ago that I started working for what was, what was the Friendship Centre Trust then, and Mark started working for the Trust a year later as our chaplain and then went on to work in our, our housing ministry. But that Luke 418 call has never left us. Um, I'd just like to, before I sort of get back into the story of Vision West and Glen Eden Baptist, just uh, over the last week we have kind of had a cameraman going around our campus, is what we call it, because all our ministries are um, on our campus and, and some out in the regions of New Zealand. And just to see, uh, give you a glimpse of what some of our people are saying about, um, about this place. And you'll see our wonderful new pastor there, Pastor Gary Grew, aren't we lucky? <laughs> so here we go, there's a little what bit I from them. What I love about Glen Eden Baptist and Vision West working together 
is that 30 years ago, there were some champion families who actually felt the call of God to go meet people in the community. And that is where it all began. It began with the heroes of the church with a passion and a heart for community. relationship between Glenhead and Baptist Church and Vision West is you can't really tell the tool part. It's just one big community and it's all about sharing the love and it's just one big whānau. There's something very special about a church and a trust uh, working together because uh, for many of our charities in New Zealand they actually come from a faith base uh, but unfortunately they sort of go through this progression of from mission to movement to machine to monument you end up with these monuments that don't have a connection back to their their faith roots but here at Vision West after 30 years there's still such a connection in marriage between the church and trust and that's just phenomenal. We can use our own gifts and our own talents to be able to be Jesus' hands and feet in our community, um, whether it's through budgeting or our food bank or volunteering or being a full-time employee. We can honour God through everything that we do and really just be on the ground and doing, doing His mahi and His work. I've been in the housing system for six months. If it wasn't for Vision Waste, I doubt we'd be we'd be here. <laughs> I doubt we'd have a house. Oh, well, we got used to it after a while, you know. It's nothing like a house. Nothing like a house. Room to walk around. Your own bathroom. Yes. Thanks to Vision Waste, we're, we're finally able to call an actual place our home and a steady, stable home. I can tell the story of a man who was living in the bus stop outside my office for five days, who ended up at my door one morning. We had about a 45 minute conversation, but how it worked is that the trust picked him up from there. They took him, cleaned him up, got him a clean set of clothes, they put him into detox, and now they're trying to find a home for him. And this is how church and trust work together. And it's just such an exciting trust to be a part of. I think it really comes down to leadership, to be honest. Um, the leadership of both Vision West with the history that Mark and Lisa have with the church and also with Gary, um, the present pastor, and those pastors before him, making that commitment to say, we're going to work together no matter what the cost and no matter what the struggles. I love being a part of Vision West and a part of our, our church community. Um, it's my place of belonging just as much as it is uh, other people's and people from our community. Um, I not only get a chance to speak into other people's lives, but they speak into mine as well. We're often sitting around and, and everyone's having a cup of tea and what have you and the ladies from the church will come over and we'll have a big extended cup of tea and you can't really tell who's, a, who's the whanau coming in that's needing help or who's from the church or anything and it really is just about hanging out and we hang out and it's just all big one family. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I think they, they pretty much gave you a picture of what, what it's like, um, this, this connection between Glen Eden Baptist Church reaching out into our local community and reaching out beyond into the other regions. 
Um, look, our $1 story, I said it, we started with that $1, and it's that mustard seed faith, that scripture I love, that what God can do when you've just got the, the faith of a mustard seed and a group of passionate people together, it's amazing. And, you know, um, I'm sure lots of you are in different parts on your journey of investing in, in the work that you're doing in your community but never stop dreaming about what God can do. And um, I'll share a little bit about that. But we had loads of fun back in those early days. We had parent groups, we had auctions to raise money for things like the Kingdom Fund, and uh, Christian surfers used to meet in, in this little building. And um, it was a place where we grew our connection with the community. And I very much believe in you need to be in your community. You know, the church isn't meant to be separate. We're meant to be central in our community. Um, and, you know, as our, as our um, connections grew, our services started to grow, and we needed to put a bit of structure around things. So um, Murray Cottle, was, uh, Murray and Karen were very instrumental in the work that grew at Vision West. And um, I remember uh, having a chat to Murray once about some of the, gr the growth, and he told me about a, uh, a Bible college student that he sent out to do a bit of a survey of the needs in the community. And what came back was that there was a real, um, a real need to have people going out to homes because we had a lot of isolated um, older people living in their own homes and they're lonely. And at that time, somebody bought, uh, Murray was praying about that and somebody bought a little ad to him and there was a home care service uh, up, up for tendering. So Murray put a proposal in for that, thinking, well, God, is this, this could be the answer. We can put people in pe into people's homes. And we got that contract um, to provide home care all those years ago. And, and, you know, the blessing from that is we've not, not only been able to support people in their own homes, we've actually been able to have funds that have come in to be able to support other parts of our services, which have meant we've been able to build homes and get people off the streets who are homeless. So, you know, God works these things together. Um, I'd just like also to acknowledge John Alp, who, who actually formed, uh, put together the first trust deed and charitable trust. So a lot, of, a lot has come out of Glen Eden Baptist with um, these great people. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had, had this humble beginning, this little beginning, and God has continually brought people along, um, given us inspiration, connections to grow the services that we, that we have. But in the middle of that, we've always um, tried to keep our connections strong. We've had periods, uh, which I'll talk about, but um, at the heart of it, that's what this is. This is Glen Eden Baptist reaching our community. Um, after the earthquakes in Christchurch, uh, uh, the churches down there reached out to us and said, "Look, could we need we need houses? Could you come down and provide some housing?" So we um, we now have housing services down in Christchurch, and um, just recently, the Salvation Army approached us about purchasing their home care business. That was a pretty, pretty big stretch for us, um, and we'd been in a relationship with them for quite some time. But we felt before the Lord that was the right thing to do, and, and we've purchased their home care business. So that now takes us down into Rotorua, Hamilton, Tauranga, and, um, and we've got another office in Albany. So we went from a, a um, sort of 400 staff to 1,500 staff in the last year, um, $14 million organisation, which was you know, pretty significant, 
to a $46 million organization. Uh, so, you know, God is teaching us the new norm and how to keep the vision and mission at the heart of everything we do. Um, so a little bit about our services, um, our community outreach. So a lot of these you'll recognize as things you provide yourselves, budgeting, kindy, food bank, uh, we've got an education program, home care, uh, that's the large service I was talking to you about, counselling, um, we have a whānau centre which is a place where um, Māori, Pacific, uh, people of other cultures can feel they can really identify, feel they belong and just drop in, and then of course our housing, um, really looking at how to provide housing for those that are homeless. So, you know, all that can sound quite big, and, and um, from where we were, our little humble beginnings, to where we are now, but I, I really love this um, statement of Bill Hybels, the local church is the hope of the world. He doesn't talk about the local trust being the hope of the world, he talks about the local church, and um, it's, it's my firm belief, it doesn't matter how big we are, we should always be pointing back to our local church. And, um, and that's, that's what we, we are passionate about doing, about how to keep that connection strong in everything we do. Um, when I did my master's, part of our study was uh, around community development. And uh, we read the community developer's book, Jim Ife. I don't know if any of you have had the chance. It's just a secular, a secular book. Uh, and he writes in his book... It is only in relatively recent times that Western society has lost its sense of the sacred and the spiritual. The Christian church was, at least until the 18th century, the centre, not just of worship, but of social activity, and formed the basis of the experience of community throughout the Western world. It was intimately connected to politics, and churches were used as meeting houses, community centres, and for the provision of what now would be called human services. Occupying such a central role in the community, the influence of the Christian church in linking the sacred and the spiritual to the realities of everyday life was considerable. And he goes on to say that in the more modern secular age, the church generally occupies a more peripheral position. Many people have virtually no contact with church. And for those that do, it becomes a separate experience, somewhat apart from everyday life, despite the efforts of many people within the church to demonstrate and reinforce its direct relevance and applicability. You know what? I believe God's calling us back to a time where the church is the central place in a community. We are the lighthouse. We are the place that people know if you need hope, you can go to your local church. And it's, it's bringing that spiritual, and it's bringing the whole dimension together about caring for people. Um, look, um, our, we've got a joint vision statement as we've aimed at, at really keeping connected. And um, when we went through a, a name change from the Friendship Centre Trust to Vision West, um, our pastor, who we had for many, many years, Neil Baker, and Look, we looked at how to bring the church and trust together so that people in the community could identify that we are working together. And so you see there we've got the same logos and we have a joint vision statement which is transform lives in healthy communities. And again, it's that community development approach that we're taking. We're in the community, 
for the community. And being in the community is just what Jim Ife was talking about, that we're central in everything that happens. So our journey along the way, as you heard, you know, all you need is a bunch of passionate people and that mustard seed faith, and we certainly had that. Um, as we grew, and you probably will recognise your own, own journeys perhaps in this, as you grow, you have to put organisational structures in place so that you've got good governance, and, and that's absolutely necessary. But at that point, you can start to get that little bit of disconnect happening. And, um, you know, Murray and Karen Cottle were the absolute bridge for what was the Friendship Centre Trust and Glen Eden Baptist, holding that all together, the trust in the church. And when they left, we had to go through a revisioning time. What is God calling us to? How do we bring those connections together? Does anybody identify with that kind of journey or seen that journey? You know, it, it happens, and you've got to be intentional about how to keep there's two connected, so that this is a church in the local community. So we've learnt some key lessons along the way, and um, I'll share a few of those with you. Um, you know, I was reading the, the um, annual report and you know, looking at equality and all of that, and I thought, how did a female CEO end up with a bunch of male senior leaders? <laughs> it's just not right, is it? But, you know, these are incredible people that God has brought um, into our midst. And one thing I'd have to say is we have been passionate about keeping the vision and mission of building the kingdom of God in our local communities as the central linchpin of what we do. And as we've done that, God has brought the right people. When we jumped from being this big to this big, People rang me up and said, Brooke Turner, you, some of you know Brooke Turner, right? You had him at the lead, lead um, conference. Brooke Turner rang and said, Lisa, can I have a coffee with you? And God had been stirring him about coming to work with Vision West. And, and my two I see from Titarangi Baptist, he was the same. It was sort of, God was stirring him to come from the corporate sector to come and work for Vision West because he just so wanted to serve the kingdom of God. And so I've, I firmly believe if you put the kingdom of God principles in the centre, and you stay true to the vision and mission, God brings the right people um, to do the mahi. One thing I would say, that staying connected doesn't happen on its own, and uh, you have to be incredibly intentional about that, and um, I really honour the work of Neil Baker, our pastor for many, many years at Glen Eden Baptist, of keeping that in his heart. And it's so wonderful having Gary and Sarah Grew join us because they absolutely have embraced this local church reaching our local community. So as I said, you know, I know many of you have got those mustard seed uh, visions, faith, you've got passionate people, and I, I do believe that if you just bring the right people around the table when you have those dreams, that God will birth um, what is in your heart. Um, it's interesting, you know, when you listen and discern what God's calling you to do, that he'll often, um, the, the window of opportunity will be there. Have you ever found that? It's just something's in your heart and then it all starts to line up. And I think, um, I can think of so many times where I've, I've been in meetings where God has just stirred my heart 
and the Holy Spirit has whispered to me about something, and, and it's just the birth of something. So it's that listening and discerning, and that's the theme of the conference. But I, I believe what God has built here is through being able to hear the voice of God. It's got God's breath on it. Um, I would say it's not always easy either when God gives you uh, a vision for something. And uh, I call it my triple P. It's the patience, perseverance, and persistence that you have to sit with things. And uh, Steve, wherever we're just talking about this, you know, it's about relationships. It's about sitting and talking. It's about praying. It's about letting it have the time it needs. Our housing, um, our newest housing initiative, called Housing First, it's 10 years, 10 years in the brand. That's what I wrote my thesis on. 10 years, but it's, we, we now are doing that, that mahi, you know, and I think if God's got something in your heart, um, you know, have, be patient, persevere and persist, and, um, and, and see the Holy Spirit breathe and open the doors for you. Um, staying connected to your community is another key learning for us. I think that's where a lot of our work has started from. It's, as I've, I've been to so many community groups where I've just been and sat, and it's as I listen to the community or listen to somebody that's homeless that, that God has spoken to my heart and um, the hearts of those in our, our trust and doing the work. And it's from that place that, that um, the Holy Spirit has really breathed into life. So staying connected, being part of your community, not the church and the community, is, is so important. Staying connected as church and trust, as I said before, it's not easy. You've got to be intentional. You've got to work at it. And you've got to have that um, passion from the leadership to do that. But it is so, so important. That's, that's where um, I think the, the special part of what God is doing in our community happens because it is our local church. Um, and, of course, we've got things like a community chaplain to help bridge that gap between our community work and the work of the church. And we've got other structures that we've put in place. Um, I, I sit on the ministry team. Our chaplain sits on our church ministry team. And these all bridge those gaps, and telling the stories in church. I mean, people, when they hear of somebody that's been homeless, I mean, somebody we recently housed had been 10 years in a van. He was 80, she was 60. It's not right, is it? It's just not right. And, and actually, once we housed them, then, then the real work began, um, you know, and, and we, we're committed to journey with people once we've housed them. Um, and, and that's telling those stories connects people with the mahi, and that's so important. And as I said before, we have to stay connected to God's calling. If we move away from that, then it's, it's just not going to, um, it, it will be another social service, and that's not what we're about. Um, this scripture is really what motivates our work. It's building God's kingdom here on earth. And I often think, what would earth look like if it was God's kingdom here on earth now as it is in heaven? We wouldn't have homelessness, we wouldn't have child poverty, we wouldn't have abuse, we wouldn't have addicts. And it's how do we usher in some of that, a little bit of that, every day in the work that we're doing. Um, I love this picture here of Fiona, 
and she's given me permission to share a little bit of her story. Fiona came to us probably about 10 years ago, heavily pregnant. Uh, she was living in her car and she'd just been to hospital and they told her if she wasn't housed that um, as soon as the baby was born it would be taken off her. So we were able to put her into some emergency housing, get her into some long-term housing. And again, as I said, that's where the real work began. Because <laughs> um, Fiona had been homeless most of her life uh, since a teenager. She'd lived on the streets in Auckland. Just terrible stories she tells you about her time there. She'd lost her other children. And um, she just she really wanted to, to get right. So we, we got all the right programs around her. We got the supports around her. And... Um, absolute transformation happened in her life. And it's not just transformation for her, this is generational. Fiona got her children back, because she, she had a solid home. She had a baby, and her baby went to our kindergarten and has gone to one school all his life in one community. That is transformational change and generational change. But you know what? Fiona loves Jesus. <laughs> Fiona loves Jesus, and I just love that. I could tell you some other stories about Fiona, actually, how she became a Christian and then fell away, which is a really interesting one. But God's hand was on her right back, right back, and she fell and different things happened. But God loved Fiona and loves Fiona, and um, we've journeyed up and down with Fiona. And what I love now about her story is she's now a peer support worker in our Housing First program. She's a lived experienced person. And she can go front on to somebody that's homeless and say, come on, that's not good enough. I've been there. Only Fiona can do that. And I just love that story of total transformation. And that's what our work is all about. God's kingdom here on earth. Fiona. Anybody read Tom Wright? He's an awesome author. I love his book. And I love that, that statement, if we want a mission-shaped church, what we need is a hope-shaped mission. Um, he, he sort of goes, he talks about the pre, our present hope as the basis of all Christian mission. And he writes, to hope for a better future in this world for the poor, the sick, the lonely and depressed, the slaves, the refugees, the hungry and the homeless, for the, the abused, the paranoid, the downtrodden and despairing, and in fact the whole wide, wonderful and wounded world. It's not something else, something extra, something tacked on to the gospel as an afterthought. He goes on to say it is a central, essential, life-giving part of it. Can we say amen to that? If we want a mission-shaped church, what we need is a hope-shaped mission. What does hope look like in your community? That's what we need to shape our missions around. So our theme of this conference, discern, stand, and listen with conviction. And, you know, what I guess the question to you, what is God breathing on you? What is he whispering to you? What are the, in the quietness when you're out walking in your community, what is God whispering to you? What are you discerning about ushering in God's kingdom here on earth? God gave a clear call to Glen Eden Baptist and Vision West about working to end poverty and homelessness. And, um, you know, he, he gave us a prophecy. We had just started in housing, and he gave us a prophecy um, about our work in the housing area. Isn't it wonderful when God does that? He confirms to you 
uh, where he's leading you. And it talked about in the prophecy about there'd be a, a breakthrough for us in the area of finance. We've had millions and millions of government funding coming in to, to build houses for people who are homeless and usher in the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful that we can partner with the government in that way to see transformation and societal change? I just think that, and it talks in the prophecy about um, being an influence to our nation. And I get invited to sit in policy groups around in Wellington and talk to the Prime Minister and, and Deputy Prime Minister. And it's, it's just wonderful to see God using us in this way. And it's what we're called to do. It's, it's God's calling for us. So our housing journey is a God thing. It is an absolutely a God thing. And I just thank the Lord for the prophecy. Because again, it's hard. It's hard work. And when it's hard work, you need to come back and rest on that calling that God has for you. We need to discern God's voice and listen and act. So a little bit on the housing journey. Um, those are the kind of the numbers that we've got there at the moment. Look, it just feels like an absolute drop in the bucket. The, the housing issue is massive, isn't it? And I know um, the, the effect of people moving out from Auckland into the regions. When I go down to places like Rotorua, they tell me about the homelessness that's there now that we never had before in Toronga. You know, we're seeing it across our country. And I think it's um, an area that we can all be working towards to see an end to homelessness. <clears throat> but we can't do it on our own. We have to do it together. Um, ending homelessness in New Zealand. We're part of... Uh, Vision West is part of a collective to end homelessness. And uh, there's some great people there, CEOs, who have joined forces together to end homelessness in, in Auckland and in New Zealand. And um, we came back from a homelessness conference in Canada, and what we learned there is they are working together, and together they can see change. We came back and we talked to Paula Bennett and said, look, we want to do our Housing First work together. Housing First is about getting somebody into the house first with the right supports around them and walking together. And, you know, 80% of people that have been homeless stay housed. As evidence-based, it's amazing work and it's so good to be a part of it. But, but, you know, we can't do that on our own. Paula Bennett said, yeah, we're in. Auckland Council said, yeah, we're in. They threw in some money and we're doing it collectively. And, you know, I, as we wrote our annual report, the key theme that came out is together we can do more. Together we can do more. Why am I talking to you about this? Because I think together we can do more. Collectively, as Baptists, we do a phenomenal work in, in our country. Now, some of this data, I've just put a, a couple up here um, from New Zealand Council of Christian Social Services. I'm currently the president for that organisation. And, you know, it's, it is phenomenal, the work that we do as Baptists. Are you surprised a little bit? <laughs> it's a big chunk of work. And uh, I think, you know, we can all be proud of the fact that we are, we are doing such good work there. We've got... Um, it's 61 delivery centres for Baptists around New Zealand and uh, it talks about the turnover there for the Baptists of um, funding that's coming through. And uh, the number of volunteers and staff we have is the second largest from the denominations. So you guys, you're doing an amazing work through, through the churches and the community organisations. 
but I do believe that together we can do more. So I've got a few questions for us, and I'll just whiz through these uh, very quickly. But look, I don't have answers to these. Actually, where's Ruby? Ruby may have some more answers. <laughs> Ruby, these are probably things you're pondering as well. But I, I have been pondering, to, how as Baptists can we do more together? How can we actually celebrate our stories together? Because, you know, actually our home care service is Vision West Baptist Home Care. And I think that's pretty cool. We've got our little cars across everywhere and it's, it's got the Baptist uh, logo on it. And as I said, I believe wherever we are, Whatever region we're in, we should be pointing back to the local church. And Brian and I just had a great talk from Hamilton Baptist to go, how do we do this together? Like wherever we are in whatever region, it's how can we support the work that the local Baptist church is doing and work to our strengths and, and bring that together. But we have great groups like IOSIS and Equip, Bayes Community Housing Trust. People don't necessarily know that they're Baptists. So how do we look at Telling that story. We do, who remembers Baptist care back in the day? You know, we had a bit of an umbrella there. Is there something that we could do that shows that we are Baptists? And we're proud of that. The Sallies are proud of being Salvation Armies. We, you know, and I know we are proud of being Baptists. So how do we tell that? And, you know, I've never seen that that's been a hindrance to receiving funding. Um, people have said that to me before. I've never seen that be so. You know, people um, right through... Parliament, wherever, they know I'm from a church, um, sometimes I'm asked to do the karakia, and it's never been a problem. So how do we celebrate our stories better? And what are the other opportunities to work together? You know, there's, have you heard the term the wicked problems? You know, there's big, meaty problems like homelessness, poverty, um, mental health issues. How do we work together as churches and Baptist organisations to really um, work to end those issues in New Zealand? There's got to be ways that we can, we can do that. How can we work to our strengths and not um, keep repeating, but, but um, each work to the strengths of our own organisations without duplicating? How can we take collective action on key issues such as homelessness, poverty and inequality. And I have the privilege of um, going with Craig when he goes to meet with the Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister, so our denominational leaders, two or three times a year, get to go and, and meet with, with our leaders of the country, and, and I go to support Craig as, as an advisor. Isn't that an incredible opportunity we have? It's just the it's iwi leaders, and the church leaders. That is a phenomenal position. Craig does us proud, by the way. He does an awesome job of representing the Baptist churches before our government. And, you know, two of the key issues that they present before our, our government are homelessness and child poverty. And that's awesome that we can do that. But how can we join together um, as a denomination and, and really address these key issues. And it was um, interesting to read Ruby in the report around um, the justice initiatives. Is it, have I got that right? Maybe that's the space to really be looking at that stuff. So that, that sounds really exciting. Then imagine Baptists. Okay, we're in the imagining space now. Imagine Baptists as a leading voice for ending homelessness in New Zealand. Why couldn't we? Why couldn't we? We've got amazing developers in our churches. We've got groups like Vision West and others who are community housing providers. 
we've got Christian savings, you know, we've got, we've got the right ingredients. Why don't we, why don't we have a Baptist housing unit? Just throwing it out there. You know, there's ways of working together, joint venture projects, we've got churches with land, we've got churches that need income. There's ways of making all of that work together with a mission to end homelessness in New Zealand. So I don't know who can do all that, but I think, I think we could do it if you get the right people around the table. So the local church is the hope of the world, and its future rests primarily in the hands of its leaders. That's all of us and others together, and together I think that we can uh, tackle these big issues that the local church, the local church is absolutely the hope of the world. And together, we can take the opportunity to work together to bring about disruptive innovation, transformation and societal change. We need to share, learn and innovate together. Mimahi natahi tono together we can do more. So, I hope a little bit of our story has inspired the story and journey you're on, that we can continue to weave together, grow together, and learn from each other. Kia ora koutou. How did you get here? Did the Baptist NZ app have anything to do with it? Because that's where the gospel renewal stories shared by our faith communities are at. In the midst of more, Baptist NZ on App Store and Google Play.